And it's another week. This is Andrew Wood, joined as always by pastor and friend Jason Hayes. Jason, we are uh, we're right at fall, man. It is cool mornings, and then and that's the Tennessee for you. You wake up, you're like, ooh, I need a light jacket, and then by by lunchtime, you're like, oh, I need a tank top. Have, it is really hot. Have you been guilty yet of of pushing the fall yes. on too early? Oh, oh yeah. And and overdressing. Wore a sweater the other day. <laughs> I wore yeah. I wore a hoodie yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, to get out the door <laughs> and take um, the boys to school. And my youngest son, who is ten, uh, just turned ten, uh, and is not without opinions. Mm-hmm, a sure. great kid. Yep. Um, but he has two. My ten year old has a lot of. He has two well. older brothers, and so he's kind of learned to, you know, kind of speak up yep. for himself and share his voice and things of the sort. And he says, Dad, it's too hot for a sweatshirt. Yeah. And I was like, don't you dare yeah. speak to me that way. Yeah. Not really. I kind of was like, yeah, you're probably right. But I'm just trying to somehow force the fall. I agree. To get 100%. here a little bit quicker. 100%. Yeah. I, I was uh, – here. here's where I'm at. So if I don't have a meeting with somebody outside of, of Hope uh, on a day, then I'll wear like what I have on today. Uh, but if I have a meeting – I'll grab a sweater, especially now that it's that it's cooler. Because I'm okay. like, well, I'll wear the sweater. I'll look a little nicer, and maybe fall will come quicker. <laughs> uh, and th- those things don't happen because what I find is I'm walking up. The other day I had a meeting with a pastor, and they were resurfacing their parking lot. So it was around lunchtime. Okay. The sun was out. I'm wearing a sweater, and it smells and, like burning fuel. And not only is yeah. it hot because of the sun. They are resurfacing asphalt. And so I was like, it is literally a hundred degrees walking across this parking lot. And I picked today to show I dress up. You were walking on the sun (laughs) in a sweater. In my sweater. I was like, I hope I'm not, hope you can't see my back sweat. Yeah. I I think it's got to be for you. I mean, I I don't want to tell you how to do your job. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, You know, and certainly. Uh, I, I think your style is solid. Sure. Uh, you know, I, appreciate uh, that. I, I think though that maybe you should consider, you know, what you're gaining by being <laughs> quote unquote a little bit dressier yeah. Yeah. Uh, in terms of credibility with that pastor or whoever it is you're meeting. You may lose with they're like, this guy's incompetent. Yeah, why because is he sweating so he, much? He, he, it's 98 degrees. Yeah. And he's he's yeah. got a turtleneck on. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh I, yeah, I had uh actually had flannel lined pants on as well. No, I'm kidding. I didn't I do ha- I do there, own a couple are, pairs. Are there of those, any but. fall fashions? I mean, we are really getting out of here today. Are are there any fall fashions that you're more excited about than others? Uh I will say that it, it when it starts to get cooler, my boots come out. So okay. uh, the red wings become the constant right and then uh i i love sweaters yes that is uh the most masculine thing i've ever said in my life but i love (laughs) i love sweaters and so uh now are you just a straight um like pull over your head type sweater or do you do you enjoy a cardigan now i own cardigans i know i will i own a, a, a few the problem is i bought them in a different season of life and so in order for those to fit me right, I'm going to have to really layer <laughs> layer underneath. They're right. big. They're huh. too big at this point. So I don't really pull those out that well, much. Well, you know, you know who else 
likes cardigans. Oh, you, okay. And and probably could fill them <laughs> fill in a little. I'll bit. I'll bring them next week. Uh, they're just sitting there. So uh, one thing I will point out, and I, I usually make this PSA uh, every year around this time. It's important. Uh, especially for dudes that don't really give a, uh, a lot of care to their wardrobe. Uh, what I don't want to see, okay, so what I don't want to see on Sunday mornings, what I don't want to see when I run into you at a restaurant or in a meeting, is shoulder nipples because your sweaters were hung uh, on a hanger <laughs> for six months and you thought it's cooler today. I'm going to put this sweater on and not do anything. I'm just going to put it on, and so, so, and so, so when I no, see you, here's my thought. I'm not going to point it so, out. So it's like pointy yes, on the shoulders yes. is what you're describing, and it's and it's done so because of the hanger. First off, you shouldn't be you shouldn't be hanging your sweaters. I'm just yes. putting that out yep. there. Fold them up, put them away. Uh, but second, if you know the time is coming, we all know cooler weather is coming, and if you put that sweater on. And I see you. I'm not going to say anything because I'm a nice guy. Are you just going to walk But I'm going to think. I'm going to think that dude didn't look in the mirror. And that dude has been hanging <laughs> that sweater up. It hasn't been washed. It hasn't been ironed. Nothing's been done to it for six months. He's just putting it on and going. There's a difference. I, I actually have this conversation with my middle son. And uh, he's a good-looking kid and uh, just happy-go-lucky and so, listen, There's a. I wish I was a lot more like him, yeah, if yeah. I'm going to be honest. But I do have this conversation with him on occasion to say, listen, there's a difference in wearing your clothes and being dressed. Yes. Like in terms of, like, he has a tendency just to wear his clothes. You know, like, okay. Who cares? All the clothes are on my body. Yeah. I'm like, right, but. I'm covered. But your, <laughs> yeah, but your belt is turned like, yeah. you know, yeah. 30 degrees the wrong direction. <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, like the collar is not fixed correctly. So, so this shoulder issue that yeah, you're yeah. describing. It bugs Kind of falls so into much. that category. It, it might be at the, the top of the list. Second on the list is deodorant on your shirt. <laughs> now, now that one is hard sometimes. It is it's difficult, a, but it's hard to deal with. Sometimes, but we right? are uh, we are sophisticated. And we're grown. We're a sophisticated culture. We we're be able grown to at this point. Yeah, and there's so many options out there for deodorant <laughs> that won't show up on the right, shirt. Right. Right. Uh, uh, but but it, it, it's one thing if my ten year old has it on the side of the shirt, he's trying to right. figure things out. Right. But we're not. We're not no. anymore. Uh, and so those would be the two biggest things. If I could tell the guys anything that listen to this, that that are like, you know, I don't really care about work. I don't care if you care about fashion. Right. You should. You don't have to. That's not up to you. Uh, we we met a guy yesterday that we were kind of we were fostering a, a dog, a golden retriever. Okay. Aaron was working with it rehab. Uh, it's right. been on drugs and, for a little while. And just while. To, no, let, let it be known that of, of all the things you've said over the years that are not surprising, you fostering a dog <laughs> yeah. is not surprising. Yeah. So. so great dog. And, and the family that that's adopting this dog came to the house yesterday to uh, acquaint themselves and, and then take the dog home. Okay. And this guy gets out of his vehicle. Uh, he doesn't live around here. Uh, but he's in his 70s, late 70s. Okay. L- late 70s. And uh, he has shorts on that go past his knees, and they're like a quilt patchwork type short. You Ooh. remember those used yes. to be the yes. thing to wear? Yes. Uh, he had a polo tucked in uh, to those shorts, 
and he had uh, Velcro shoes with socks pulled up almost to his knees. Yes. And I thought, hey, when you're in your late 70s, you, you do you, you my man. That's and, exactly uh, and so, but that's what, where you want to stop and salute. Flight so, man. well done, so he, sir. Some would argue he doesn't care about fashion. I would argue he absolutely does. Yes. Now, it might be a, a few years in the past, right? But he absolutely cares. It's kind of like when um, you know, my wife's a, a real estate agent, and uh, it, it's kind of like sometimes when someone will tell her, "Well, the house has been updated," mm. and you're like, yeah. "Okay, great, awesome." And and it actually the work may have happened yeah. even within the last you know few years, but if you've just actually put the same right. old trends yeah. with just newer models into the house, your house really isn't updated. Yeah, does that make sense? Yeah, you know, oh, yeah. so it's kind of the it's same technically concept. updated, right? My uh, my one, it's not necessarily a pet peeve. I think maybe my one encouragement. Okay. Okay. And, and I think this one is going to be way off the radar. One that most people would say not an issue, not an issue at all. And I don't necessarily say that it bothers me. It's a personal conviction for me. Okay. When it comes to fashion. Okay. And it is this. So if someone out there does opposite of this, not a huge deal to yeah. me, but for me, it's an issue. It is when I'm wearing a button up. Okay. Yep. And I'm going to roll up the sleeves. Yep. I am a strong believer in committing to actually rolling the sleeves evenly. That, but also like, I don't need that. It's not like one of those baseball yeah, jerseys. Three quarter, three quarter, it's not yeah. a three quarter. Like I'm going to roll it up. You make it a short sleeve shirt. I'm rolling it all the way to the elbow. Wow. Okay. I'm a strong believer yeah. in that. That's a lot of effort too. <laughs> it is a lot of effort. Depending it feels on how a tight little bit like are. feels like, yeah. At some point, it can feel a little yeah. bit like middle school, and I'm tight rolling my pants, yep. my jeans, because yep. um, it gets tight there. Yeah, it does. yeah but uh, it just feels weird to me to be right there in the yeah. middle. Like again, kind of like one of those kind of like smock but the type three, baseball jerseys. The three quarter, like the three quarter button up is the politician. Must. Yeah, that's maybe the one of the reasons I, there you I, go. I don't. You do don't it. want anyone to, to think. Yeah. Oh, Jason's running for office. That's nope. why he's got his sleeves no, rolled up I like am that. No, I'm not. So you want to go past the politician point to show I'm definitely not running for office. And if I'm going to roll the sleeves up, might as well roll them. What I love is I've when. I've committed to it. What I love is when the shirt is the. The sleeve is unbuttoned at the at the wrist. Okay. And it's only rolled up once. Yeah, that's not gonna <laughs> work like, for me. What you're not doing okay. anything. Okay, so that one actually I will say that one actually might get me. Like like yeah. if I saw that yeah. on you, I that actually might It's like me. it's like in that they're going it's the same thing I, I used to when I worked at, at UT, we would go to a lot of conferences and admissions and we went to one where this dude uh we we'd been kinda in meetings all day. And then when we go to like a, a reception, he had his sleeve rolled up once. Oh. And his bow tie undone and hanging down. Oh. And so I was like, it was like his go to. I was like, oh, look. so now you just want everyone to know you're super cash because, and all I could kept, could think was, I have a ball cap on. Like I've really committed to casual. Yeah. And this dude just undone his bow tie and then a couple buttons on his shirt. Yeah. And uh, he needs to go somewhere else. Yeah, just, I don't mean, I don't want to 
I don't want to make you feel uncomfortable in terms of, you know, comfort level and things of that sort. But as we move towards the end of the show today, I might unbutton one button. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I'm in a short sleeve shirt. But the top, yeah, polo. Uh, yeah. I, yeah, I might just unbutton one button. That's a, that's uh, the last segment, kind of a casual, yeah. casual last segment. It's an interesting thing. Like I love Henley. I don't know why we're talking fashion for the first segment, but it it's is fabulous. It's where we are. Uh, I love Henley, Henley shirts. Yes. So yes. like the long sleeve Henley, oh, short yeah. sleeve Henleys. I named it a child after. Yeah. It. I mean, yeah. you love those shirts so yes. much. Yes. You named your child after it. And so <laughs> the, the, uh, the hard part with those shirts is, because they're usually three buttons, uh, and it's like, how many? How many do you undo? Oh, yeah. How many do you button? Do you do you go one button unbuttoned? Do you go two buttons unbuttoned? I honestly feel like I would need to go three buttons. Unbuttoned. No, no, no. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> buttoned, okay. Buttoned. I was like, wow, you're really. And I actually feel, I don't know if this is uncomfortable for all of our listeners yeah. right now, but I just want to compliment sure. you. I feel like you could go no buttons. Yeah, I, I usually I appreciate that, uh, but I, mean, I, don't, I don't want you to go yeah, up no buttons. I've uh, I've tried that and I'm I'm really uncomfortable. <laughs> and so I, I, I have to at least go. Okay, I got to at least have one. All right, button. so today yeah. we are not going to talk about fashion all day long. No, it but actually, but I will say take your take these notes, fellas, especially yeah, fellas. Yes, we, who, you know, far be it for us to give any any fashion advice to to the females listening, but for the fellas listening. This is important. Absolutely. It's important. Yeah. And when you show up to date night with your spouse, you know, or if you're single yep. and you're taking a, a lady out, uh, you know, and when you show up and you have your sleeves fully committed, yep. like you have fully committed yep. with your sleeves and they say, wow, wow, you look nice tonight. You're welcome. And you're, you are and, absolutely and clearly welcome. you're not afraid of commitment. That's exactly and, right. And two, I, if I see you this Sunday morning. And and you have something on your shoulder that you shouldn't have. I'm gonna poke it. Yeah, that's all I'm gonna say. I'm not gonna yeah. say anything. I'm gonna shake your hand and I'm gonna poke your shoulder, and you're gonna know. <laughs> oh man, I didn't take care of this before before I pulled the sweater out of the closet. So it's been a big week. We've been looking back 20 years ago. Hard to believe. 9/11. Yep. We're gonna talk more about that and the way that our country and the way that our hearts have changed when we come back. You start to preaching, let me ask you this, my friend. Have you forgotten? Now, Jason, here's a quiz for you. This song played on the show a couple weeks ago, and I told you who sang it. Do you remember the artist? Have you forgotten is the name of the song. I have forgotten. I have forgotten the name of Daryl Worley. Man. Yeah, he's, uh... This is one of the the many country songs that kind of uh, memorialized 9-11. So you have this one, you have Alan Jackson, Where Were You When the World Stopped Turning, which was probably the biggest. Uh, so you have, you have Where Were You When the World Stopped Turning by Alan Jackson, which was kind of a reflection time and, and, and really being uh, uh, vulnerable, I think. Alan Jackson writing this song and saying, I watch CNN, but I probably couldn't tell you the difference between Iraq and Iran. Yeah. Like, if I'm honest, I don't know. And I think, I think he, he kind of set the tone for Americans to go, 
we're just upset, but but we don't really know where we're going. And then you have Daryl Worley just kind of reminding people a few years after 9-11, hey, have you forgotten? Like, let's look back. And then you have Toby Keith, who is like, who's with me? Let's go fight yeah. somebody. Yeah. So you had those kind of three songs. Uh, Toby Keith's was like a rally cry to, hey, yes. let's go, uh, which I think was probably played at Army base, military bases around the world of like, right. yes, we're going to put a boot. Somewhere, yes, and uh, get it's after the American it. way, as he yeah. says. Yeah, and so, <laughs> yeah, and uh, and when I when I worked in country radio, uh, I played that Toby Keith song <laughs> a over lot, and over, a lot. and over. A lot of requests for that. Yeah, um, and so as we think back, twenty years, which is man, it's insane. Twenty years ago, where were you when yeah the towers? Were so twenty down? years ago, I was uh, uh, I was a, a was it? I was a senior. Yeah, it was 2001. So senior in high school and uh, was in Coach Lee's class, uh, which was a math class of some sort, yep. uh, in the portable in yep. the, uh, at Cornersville. And Coach Lee was military. He was he was active military, National Guard, and uh, and he walked out, kind of which was normal for him. He he would disappear <laughs> during class. And but usually would come back. He didn't come back. We just kind of all sat there and we're like, "What's going oh, on?" Man. And so, uh, and he actually, I think that day left. I mean, he his uh, he was higher up in in the National Guard, and so uh, he took some leave. And then we went to break, and everybody was talking. But that was before smartphones, and yeah. that was before social media. And so I had a phone, but it didn't tell me the news. I mean, it was just you know. But we weren't allowed to have them, so right, it was sure. in my truck. And then uh, everybody was kind of talking, went to my next class, which was music class. Yeah, I took music as a senior. Uh, Miss Moffitt and, uh, went in, and she was like acting like it was just another day. And I said, Miss Moffitt, something is going on, and no one's really telling us. And she was like, just have a seat. And I was like, I'm not – I'm just – I was never disrespectful to teachers. Sure. But I said, I'm not just going to have a seat. And I grabbed the radio because that's what we had in there, and that – particular room and i was like we have to listen like y'all have to tell us what's going on yeah and and so we started listening and figuring out what was happening so i didn't i wasn't able to watch the towers fall live like everybody else did i saw it later on that night and then uh, my dad always says he told me this weekend he tells me every year he's told me this for 20 years uh i called your school and i said what are y'all gonna do and they said, do about what? And he said, the towers. We're under attack. What are y'all doing? This is Cornersville. <laughs> hundreds and hundreds of miles from New York City. Right. And I'm pretty confident Cornersville wasn't on a list you don't think of the was, Al-Qaeda. You don't think it was on the top top hit Nowhere list. near it. Yeah. Uh, but my dad was concerned. He said, I almost came up there and got you. Uh, even though I was, I drove myself. <laughs> uh, so he didn't come get me. Yeah. Uh, but he was concerned and then, I just remember that day uh, immediately putting a flag on my truck, driving around for weeks with a flag flying on my truck, uh, and then uh, remember wanting to go get gas because everybody was like, you know, gas is going to oh, be, yeah. we're going to have a gas shortage. Uh, and, and remember just being at home. I lived with my brother at the time, just me and him, and just hours and hours and hours and hours of watching the news, yeah. sleeping on the couch, watching yeah. the news, and uh, being really concerned about what this meant, that kind of was the beginning of my, uh, I didn't really 
pay much attention to politics, and then that was the switch that flipped at that point. I was like, I have to know what's going on. That was your transition from country music DJ uh, to budding politician. 100%. No doubt it was. I mean, when... And, and I've said this before on this show and other places. When George W. stood on the rubble in, in, at Ground Zero yep. and told those people, uh, when they said, we can't hear you, and he says, I can hear you, and soon the people that knock these buildings down will hear all of us, I was yep. forever, I mean, George W. forever will yep. hold a special place in my heart because yep. the way he uh, – he led through a very, very difficult time. Apple Apple TV has a great documentary. If y'all if y'all have Apple TV, uh, amazing documentary. They just did a great job of. Uh, they handled it well. If you if you remember back, you know, the the pr- approval rating of President Bush went through the roof yeah. around that time. But then quickly after that, the media just really went after George W. on a number of things. Right. And, uh, and so I was always concerned with how history would would look at this. And that documentary does an amazing job of just talking about his leadership uh, through that. And uh, they interviewed Dick Cheney and Condoleezza Rice and Colin Powell and, and other uh, folks that were just – I mean, one guy was like a, a low-level media person uh, working in the Bush administration. He looked like a child on the documentary. He's grown wow. now. And just think, I mean, he was on Air Force One. Wow. Uh, during the whole day. And you just think, wow, that dude's 20 something years old and is thrown into just, then they're interviewing reporters and the reporters are like, Peter Jennings is talking to one reporter and he's like, where are you headed next? And she said, I have no idea. Absolutely. They're just telling us to get on the plane. No idea. Wow. And, uh, and so, yeah, it's just been, it's been a, a lot of reflection over the last uh, few days. That's what I was going to ask, you know, as you've reflected, I wonder if you've been like I have, which is just, um, you know, one, you, you don't want to forget in terms of, uh, lives that were lost. Um, and, and we continue to see, um, even those that were on the front lines of, um, dealing on the, the, the rubble and things of that yep. sort that are still ill today. I mean, yeah, there, oh, yeah. there's, there's a lot there that's still going on in terms of, the actual physical impact. But then we also do more than I think simply remember. I think we have to acknowledge that something changed that day and it changed societally, but also I think there's some things that changed in our hearts. You know, I, I I shared even just uh, uh, this past Sunday talking about some of the things that happened that I, I was really somewhat unaware of in terms of uh, the Cold War mm-hmm. and things that that um, had gone on between the United States and, and the Soviet Union. And you just think about things that kind of changed perceptions and changed relationships. And I, I just know that to a certain degree beyond – Beyond, hey, it's harder for us to get through an airport. Yeah. You know, beyond, um, you know, we, we handle uh, our, our presence in a, a, a stadium differently. There's things that happened in my own heart. And I think there's also some things that may not necessarily always be healthy. Um, I, I think that there was a temptation. If I'm going to be really honest, there was a temptation 
to somewhat immediately draw myself back away from someone that didn't look like me, yeah. that didn't speak like me. Um, and, and in this case, I'm not so much talking about, you know, um, relations between, you know, Caucasians and African Americans or things of that sort, and, you know, whites and blacks, but more just those that were from the Middle East. There immediately became this thing that you just almost wondered, is everyone a terrorist? Yeah. And I'm not proud of that. I'm just saying there was things that were happening, things that were changing within all of us. And when we come back, I want us to, again, not so much talk about how our life has changed in terms of the ebbs and flows of our just normalcies, but more so how has our hearts changed, things we need to be careful of, things we need to be cautious with, and things we need to celebrate. We'll be back. That's good. I fight for my meals. I didn't make that out. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what he said. I got that. I don't know. I uh, I'm sure it's great, but I don't. I, don't know. I really tried to listen. You did a good job. You tried. Yeah. You tried yeah. your best. Uh, you get a participation trophy. Thank you for that. So when we left off, uh, I was talking just about. The impact of 9-11 on our hearts. Yeah. And I would just ask you, when you think about the impact that that moment had on you, what would you say is one thing that you would say is really, really positive? Mm-hmm. And one thing that you have to say, I don't know if that's positive or you can clearly identify sure. that's unhealthy. Yeah, I think positive-wise, it, it did give me a sense of uh a desire to know to be more engaged. And so it wasn't, you know, there's a lot of people that have a story of when, when President Bush said what he said, they went and signed up. I mean, right. there's a lot of people that ran and signed up for the military, special forces. We have a lot of Navy SEALs that they can look back and go, that was the moment. Uh, we have, you know, military guys all over the place that are like, that was the moment. When 9-11 happened, that was the moment or, or the, um, the football player that, that left an NFL right. career and, and yeah, Pat Tillman left an NFL career, became a special forces, ended up dying in, in combat. Um, that for me, you know, I, part of me is like, man, I wish that would have been my story. I was 17 when it happened. Uh, but for me, it was a, I need to be more engaged in my community. I need to be more engaged in, uh, in politics and in, in the decisions that are made and, and why they are made and, and kind of the direction that, that we're going. I think that was a positive thing. I think negative, it produced a lot of anger. Um, just in, in some righteous, but mostly sinful anger of, and saying things like, we need to make that place into a parking lot. Uh, we need to, uh, just bomb all of it. And, yeah. and sort out the, the bodies later. Uh, or, or, you know, some people, you know, my dad and I have had this conversation, bomb it, let God sort out the, it, that's a, that's a very dangerous place to be. But I was there for a, not just for, uh, a few weeks after, for years. Yeah. For, for years. And, and even if I'm honest, the last few weeks with what's happened in Afghanistan and, and with the Taliban taking over, there's part of that creeping back up of, yeah. what are we doing? Right. And and should we not uh, – I think about American soldiers, American lives that have been impacted. I think about the people that that chose to jump out of the window yeah. instead of burn alive. 
Yep. So they were picking how they were going to die. Am I going to burn alive or am I going to jump out the window? Then I even saw one story of one, one of the women that jumped out of the window as she's falling, she's holding her dress. So even in that moment of death, she's thinking about modesty. Mm. And is this the last thing people are going to see? I want, I need to hold my dress. And, and I think about stuff like that and I'm going, okay, is that producing, what kind of anger is that producing in me? Uh, and then I, I, I read a story this weekend of, uh, he, this guy was a kid when it happened and he was in New York and his dad was a cop and his dad called him and said, I got to go in. And for five days he didn't hear for, from or see his dad and he thought his dad was dead. Yeah. And he said when his dad finally walked in the door, he was covered in dirt and, and soot and everything else. And he said there was a coldness behind his eyes that my dad was alive, but he was never the same. Never yeah. the same. And, and so when you see things like that, it's just, uh, it's crushing to, yeah. to try to figure out, uh, what's going on. Yeah. I, I, I think, I think there's a, a, a piece for me is that, you know, when I think about the, the good things that were birthed in me, uh, outside of that moment or from that moment, I, I do think, um, there was this patriotism, I think sure. an awareness, as you described, of things kind of beyond my own circle. I think a, a, an empathy for others yeah. uh, and just to be mindful that, you know, hey, we're, we're Americans and not just even Americans, but we're just fellow humans that that, you know, that guy lost his mom or that 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 man's wife never came yeah. home or whatever it may be. I mean, just to have that empathy. And to spend significant amounts of time thinking about people that have lost uh, loved ones or are going through hardship and have dealt with all that they're dealing with. Because it's just so easy for us just to kind of look at everyone on a surface and forget, man, they, they, their, their mom is dying right now. Yeah. Or yes, that, that they just lost their job or, you know, their, their child is the prodigal. We have a tendency to kind of gloss over all of that stuff. And so I think moments like that do push us in a little bit closer towards humanity. Um, I, I, again, I, I would say probably for me, the thing that I regret is, you know, we, we, we're seeing these things even with Afghanistan today. I actually had a breakfast earlier today, uh, with a, with a guy that, uh, his dad leads a, um, a mission sending agency and just talking about some of the things that they were dealing with in Afghanistan. And, uh, and talking about, you know, the concern for the church that exists in Afghanistan. And, yeah. and, and we're talking about, you know, Christ fearing, um, believers in Jesus, uh, uh, or, or, you know, that, that are committed their life. And, and one of the statements that was made is the really unique balance of, of that there's some of these leaders that are trying to make a decision. Yes. Can they get out? Possibly. But should they get out? Mm. I mean, think about that yeah. for a moment. You're thinking about <clears throat> Afghani believers who are choosing yep. to say, I will give up my life or I will risk giving up my life for the expansion of the gospel. And we don't need to retreat. We don't all need to leave. And I can't imagine having to make those decisions and try to think about those things. But to your point, we have a tendency to kind of look at times when we see these things and we paint the entire country yep. in a certain light or we paint the entire part of the world in a certain light. And just to understand that, man, every person has their own unique story and God's doing work far beyond our own story. And so we have to be mindful of that. And so, 
Yeah, there's some of that stuff in there for me as well. So today, when we're now 20 years plus, I guess a few days, um, post 9-11, when you think about moving forward, what is your biggest concern? Is your concern that we will experience another attack? Is your concern that we have another 9-11 type moment? Or is your concern that we... We, we forget the things that drew us together during that time. My concern is more so the, the psyche of the American people and the, we're all at each other's throats. Yeah. Uh, on, on everything. And, and, and I think if we'd have had social media to the level we have it today in 2001, would we have seen the coming together that we saw. I don't think we would have. Because you can't forget that we were pretty divided going into 9-11. We yeah, I mean, as we, a country, we, just, we were pretty divided. Here's the thing. You had half the population thinking the president stole the election. Correct. You you had you had many people going, oh, well, President Bush's brother is the governor of Florida. Florida ultimately decided the election. Like, this whole election debacle that we saw in, in this, the most recent with Trump and Biden – Let's not pretend that we haven't had election yeah. debacles. Now, Old hanging chad now, situation. Now, right. I was George W. was the first president I was able ever able to vote vote for, and I was I wanted to vote for him. I wanted him to win, so it went in my favor. But there was much of my family. There's part uh, a large part of the American people that thought the election was stolen. Al Gore should have been the president, right. and and so yeah, we were very divided. But you saw all of us come to you. You saw people in the South saying we're all New Yorkers. You don't get that. <laughs> you know, nowadays, right? Yeah, we don't hear a lot of that. And, and so, and, and then I think about President Bush gave a speech, uh, in Pennsylvania over the weekend. And one of the lines, I mean, it was a great speech, but one of the lines was the 33 passengers and seven crew of Flight 93 could have been any group of citizens selected by fate. In a sense, they stood in for us all. These Americans were brave, strong, and united in ways that shocked the terrorists but should not surprise any of us. What he's saying there is it doesn't matter who was on that plane. That just happened to be the plane that those people were on, and they represented all of us well because they saved thousands of lives by bringing that plane down in Pennsylvania. And if you had a chance to read the transcript over the weekend of the phone call that happened on that plane of the, of the guy that's calling in and he's talking to FBI, he's talking to a number of different people and he, and he's just walking through all of it. Hey, we've decided we're gonna we're gonna fight. And and he, the last words is let's roll. And they end up taking over the plane. We don't we're not sure exactly what happened, but we do know the plane didn't reach its intended target, right. which was could have been the White House, could have been the Capitol. And and so you see that. And George W is is trying to hearken us back to, hey, we're Americans. Yep. So regardless of what you're what you. Uh, if you voted for this person or voted for that person, regardless of where you are in life, what we saw on that plane was people come together and said, I don't care if you're a Democrat or Republican. I don't care where you stand, who you voted for in this election. We have to fight now. And and when we see things like that, I, I hope, and, and that's what I was telling you off air, and I told my wife, I said over the weekend, I said, I hope I would be that kind of man. Yeah. That kind of American. I hope my son will be that kind of man, that kind of American that will say, hey, we may risk it all here and we may never get. I mean, I think about the, as a man, I think about I may not get to walk my daughter down the aisle. I may not get to see my son reach 
uh, a certain level of uh, in his career. But this is something I need to do. Right. And um, and yeah, it's it's tough when you think about that when we see a country so divided on so many things, whether it be the mask or COVID or schools or politics or elections or or whatever. I mean, we just are so angry and so. Uh, so mad at everything that you, you think about. So I'm not really concerned. I don't, I don't worry about another attack. I mean, it's certainly possible. My concern more is how we would respond and what we would do. And we, we are at a place now where much of the country wishes failure of those that disagree with them. So if you're in a political office and, and I disagree with you, I want you to fail. And that's a, that's a bad place to be crazy uh for for us if we want to see success as a country even if i disagree with the politics i I want us to succeed uh and we shouldn't apologize for wanting to succeed yeah we'll talk more when we come back if you ever planned to motor west travel my way that's the highway that's the best get your kicks on route 66 yeah, I don't think I'm going west, but I appreciate the song and I appreciate the uh, the idea of going west and going to LA. Uh, but I'm I'm not I'm not going to do that. No, I mean I'll go for like a no. like or like, like I won't a trip. even do I won't even do that. I will. Uh, if I, I will. go west, I'm going to probably go as far as like Montana, Wyoming. Okay. okay. Yeah, that's going to be my spot. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I really. My goal is to be away from everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I understand that. I, I do understand. Yeah. That. I mean, some days that is a sinful goal of mine. But is there a moment in your life where you're like, I really want to be alone, but the appropriate thing is to not be alone. Hundred percent. Okay, so give me one of those. I mean, I, I, there are moments in my, especially over the last two years, there's been moments where I'm like, yeah, you know, these uh, homesteader off the grid folks, I think they might have it figured out. And then I'll watch a YouTube video of some homesteaders and they're like, the five best ways to like drink milk. And I'm like, (laughs) okay, that's, you know, you're three hours away from anything. Yeah. And maybe, maybe, just, and they're like dirty. Yeah. And they're, uh, they're clutch. Yeah, I watched one, one guy calls himself the, the fit farmer. Oh. And he lives in a, uh, uh, what is it called? A yurt? Like a yurt? Yeah, a yeah. yurt. He lives in a yurt. And, uh, I watched one of his YouTube videos and was like, this doesn't seem too desirable to no, me. No, no. Uh, you need to weed eat, first off. Yeah. And, you know, you live in a yurt. I don't, I don't really want to go that direction, but yeah, I think, I think there's moments and then there's moments of clarity of, yeah, this yeah. probably isn't. Or when I listen to, a, I'll listen to a book on, uh, I, I just finished a great book, uh, called the, the time it never rained. And it's about a rancher in West Texas in the fifties. And there's moments in that book where I'm like, man, what a life. And then there's moments when, uh, it finally did rain. I won't end the book for yeah. you. But you gotta assume it finally well, did rain. It kind, of, it kind of feels like you were just yeah. dead. And uh, but I won't go into how it how it finally culminates. Rained. But my, how it rained. <laughs> my, but it's so much more than just the rain. Okay. Okay. And uh, and I listen to that and go, oh, it's still terrible. Yeah. <laughs> still still yeah. really bad. So there's there's certainly moments, but uh, or like when I'm watching UT 
play football. There's uh, definitely moments of like, okay, yeah. I need to get away from yes from everything. Yes, there there's. Um, what about you? Yeah, I, I think I now I'm 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 definitely an extrovert. Yeah, yeah, you're. But well, here's the scoop. Don't they def- technically define your introversion and extroversion by like how you kind of get fueled? Yeah. You know, like yeah. For me, um, I'm more fueled by smaller relationships. Yeah. So it's not to go in the crowd. Um, now, I can go into the crowd and be big personality sure, and say sure. hello yeah, yeah. and visit and, and you know, kind of G and haw and do all that other stuff. Yeah. And and so, I mean, that that's what I can do. But I'm more fueled either by time by myself or people that I consider to feel like almost just like family. Yeah. You know, like it's it's just a handful of people or, you know, another couple, uh, Carrie and I, you know, out to dinner with folks. And so, yeah, sometimes I have to kind of fight against that. Uh, I, I, in particular, have to battle uh, when my boys play sports. One is I don't want to make a fool of myself. Sure. Yeah. And I don't want to blow my testimony, yeah, nor yeah, do yeah. I want to do oh, something that that's going to create. Again, fighting with the hump. Yeah, I don't want to yeah. create any type of, um, you know, uh, any, any animosity between me and another parent or yeah. anything of that sort. And I just know how competitive I get. And so there's a lot in me that feels like the best thing for me is just to go sit kind of like by myself yeah. down the sideline. Uh, or, you know, up in the bleachers or whatever it may be. But then I'm like, I'm a pastor, like in the community. Yeah. I should be out there visiting with people. So what yeah. I've tried to do is to combine the two. So I like see everyone before and after, yeah. but in the game, in most cases, I'm like roaming around yeah, and off to myself. What I found most difficult is with the success of the show. I mean, I, it's hard to go out anywhere. Well, certainly. I'm and, like, oh, another dinner, so, ruined by autograph seekers. And so that's the hardest part that the family's like, seriously, like when are you going to stop? I mean, there's so many people that yeah. uh, that want to get your attention because they love the show. And, uh, and I think especially – the first segment of this show, what we brought to when the we table. Talked about, when we talked about fall fashion. Yeah, I think what we brought to the table, I'm sorry, uh, family, but we're probably going to get bombarded with a lot more. <laughs> uh, because what's going to happen now is we'll be out and there'll be dudes come up and say, look, look, see, hey, look, we, look yeah. at my shoulders. They're good. They're, <laughs> they're flat. flat. They're flat, flat shoulders. I took care of that. Do you um, <laughs> do you anticipate any type of uh, sponsorships coming in in terms of Man, fall, it, fall apparel? If uh, that would be the dream. If yeah. I could get, if I could get my wardrobe sponsored, and then have just the freedom to pick and choose everything for yeah. everybody, if I could, if I could just pick and choose everybody's wardrobe, that would make the world a better place. We are currently hashtag non-spawn, <laughs> but we would prefer to be yeah. hashtag yeah. spawn. Yeah, and at this yeah. point, it doesn't really matter who. <laughs> you know, at this point, we'll take them all. Hey, we hope you have a great week. We'll talk to you soon.